Welcome to the Longhorn live stream and on Texas football. I'm Bobby Burton with uh, InsideTexas.com analyst and reporter Jerry Hamilton covers recruiting uh, as well as uh, basketball news. Uh, and uh, we come to you this morning with some uh, some uh, concerning news. Uh, Chris Beard, Texas head basketball coach, arrested uh, over uh, the night uh, on a d- domestic disturbance. Uh, official notes from the Austin Police Department here. Uh, police spokesman Brandon Jones says it is alleged that Beard strangled a person at a home in Terrytown. Officers responded to a 9-11 disturbance urgent call at 2.07 a.m. Monday. Uh, he also uh, was booked into uh, Travis County Jail uh, at 4.18 in the morning on uh, Monday morning. Uh, very, very uh, scary stuff here. We don't know here, here's what I don't want to do today. I want to I want to talk about it at the same time. I don't want to put conjecture into it because we have absolutely no news other than what's out there publicly at this point. It's not uh, for us necessarily uh, to uh, try to um, conjecture our way into or out of whatever's going on with Chris Beard, other than to say this is a scary situation uh, for the Longhorns uh, and their basketball team, as well as uh, whoever uh, this happened to last night. Jerry, uh, welcome in. Uh, I know this is tough to talk about, but uh, where, where, what's going on with the Longhorns right now, to your knowledge, and what's the latest information you have? Yeah, I mean, I have nothing other than what's known publicly at this point in time. Uh, again, one thing I'm not going to do is speculate on anything, uh, any of the rumors out there. I'm not going to speculate on it. Um, that's negligence on my end. Um, I, I think uh, we all know about the same right now, and it's exactly what you just said. Um, Rodney Terry is the interim head coach. Um, I think that is of note, a, a lot of head coaching experience. Uh, Fresno State, UTEP, years as assistant at Texas. Uh, Texas plays Rice tonight. I, I mean, I think that is one of the most um, – I, I don't even know the word, but Texas has a game tonight. I mean, so – Less than 24 hours after this happens, Texas is playing a basketball game on a quick turnaround from a Saturday game. And now the Texas staff has – they have an extremely tough task of keeping a team together, right? I mean, um, and as more information comes out on this, whichever way that that goes, I mean, you know, these are situations where the portal comes into play these days too. I mean, there's so much crazy – this in college sports right now um it's hard to predict anything i'll say that yeah i mean so you're saying rodney terry is going to be the interim head coach for the longhorns that is the expectation yes absolutely but we don't know that do we know that for sure just the expectation when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He is the interim coach. He is the interim coach? Yes. Okay, got it. All right, so uh, that's that's news right there for Longhorn fans uh, from Jerry Hamilton uh, as well. Uh, you know, Jerry, uh, the university also had a, a quick comment on it this morning. I want to go over that real quickly. Uh, basically, uh, the athletic department and the university putting out a, a short two-sentence uh, situation saying they are evaluating and learning more about uh, a developing situation and we'll comment further when appropriate. Uh, but right now, uh, Chris Beard, uh, Texas basketball coach, the team uh, off to a, an amazing start this year. Uh, to my knowledge, he still is, is in jail. <laughs> I don't think he's been bailed out. Uh, no, got, if, if, he, if he has, that's not come across our wire. Right, exactly. Um, uh, got booked into jail at 418 in the morning uh, after a disturbance call at his house. Uh, we believe it is his house at 207 a.m. in the morning as well. Uh, there's just all kinds of mitigating, uh, you know, things that that could go on here with the Longhorns. You mentioned the game against Rice tonight after they came off of what, 40-point win against uh, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff that I was at on Saturday afternoon. Uh, right. What a terrific game they played. 
Uh, and then you have a uh, game against Rice, but you also have two five-star recruits. They've, they've got commitment committed. They, from they the five, Bobby, they had the five-star official visitor this weekend. Yeah. And so left you just is, don't know how is, all of this – morning. Left you don't how, yeah, you don't have any clue uh, right. about how all of this will uh, affect any of that stuff because, frankly, we don't know uh, the uh, the – we don't know the details. We don't know how this will actually play out. Uh, but it, it certainly is one uh, a situation where we have to sit here and uh, try to monitor that. And it could be some uh, ebbs and flows uh, over the next, uh, you know, over the next two or three hours to the and, next. And, and by the way, so I think the game against Rice tonight, Texas is off until Saturday. They travel to Dallas to play Stanford. So they did this. They scheduled a quick turnaround just for Texas fans so they can kind of get a feel for the week coming up here they scheduled a quick turnaround game a saturday monday in a non-conference so it's like the big 12 big monday games which they have three of so they wanted to schedule a saturday monday so i guess what i'm saying is they play tonight against rice then they don't play again till saturday in dallas against stanford so as developments happen it's you know the rest of the week there's not going to be anything midweek as far as interrupting a game it's just going to be practices leading into saturday game Yep. I mean, I'm seeing some some uh, comments. We heard it was the daughter's boyfriend. Um, it, we, you know, look. It it uh, we are not here to pass judgment on this. It's going to have to go through the courts and yes. through the police department, uh, district attorney, whomever, uh, because reality of it is, Jerry, as you know, uh, as you well know, um, this is not something for us. Uh, to be uh, to necessarily have knowledge of, right? I mean, uh, this is a personal situation that we don't we don't typically cover, uh, and it, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Rodney Terry, yeah. by uh, the way, it would, be, it would be negligent of us to even yes. talk yeah. about any of this stuff. I mean, that there's there's just not enough known right now. When there is enough known, we will be here to discuss it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Here's the thing. Uh, you're saying Rodney Terry expected to be the interim head coach or will be the interim head coach uh, for the Longhorns uh, tonight against Rice. Uh, assuming the game goes on, uh, it's in the Gregory or it's in uh, the Moody Center. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry, uh, just a quick thing on Rodney Terry. Give people a little bit more of his background. I remember he was an assistant at Texas uh, for Rick Barnes, correct? That was his first right. tenure at Texas. Okay. Give yeah, people that, a little bit of background on Rodney. Yeah, Rod, Rodney was uh, has really elevated himself to one of the top associate head coaches in the country when those had head coaching experience. Uh, he recruited a number of big-time players. He's Angleton High School graduate, was just inducted in the Angleton Hall, Sports Hall of Fame earlier this year. So an honor that he, Quandre Diggs, Quentin Jammer, a few of those guys um, – uh, have um, Rodney went to St. Edwards, I believe, in Austin uh, University. His first college job was Baylor, um, which the number one prospect in the country in 2024, Trey Johnson. He actually uh, coached his father at Baylor for a year. Uh, but so Rodney, he came to Texas under Rick. Um, he had a really good friendship with Frank Haith that got him to Texas. Um, he recruited guys like Tristan Thompson, Corey Joseph. I mean, a number of guys that were drafted. Uh, Damian James. I mean, you go up and down the list of guys that were drafted. Rodney Terry uh, and Russ Springman recruited a lot of those guys to Texas in their time. Um, and then Rodney went to Fresno State as a head coach. Then he went to UTEP as the head coach there. And he left his head coaching position to come to Texas to be the associate head coach under Chris Beard. And um, he and Rodney's pretty much he's one of the guys that he runs the whole defense. You know, Chris Beard's the head coach. Everything goes through Beard. Bob Donawald runs the offense. Rodney Terry runs the defense. Um, Rodney's the uh, lead recruiter of Ron Holland, five-star in this class, and A.J. Johnson, five-star in this class. Um, and in the, in the last class, obviously, he was very much involved in the recruitment of all those guys. Uh, so Rodney has head coaching experience. He uh, has plenty of experience running a program. Um, he has plenty of experience coaching big-time guys with pro futures. But what Rodney Terry doesn't have is experience in this situation. And that's that's where it's all different, right? I mean, who, how many coaches do? I was going to say, who does, Jerry? I mean, who does? who does? So as great as Rodney's resume is, it's hard to ever be thrown into a situation like this. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a first for me, yeah. right? <laughs> Covering this uh, from this angle. Uh, you know, I, I think we've done it before with players. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't have to cut you off. I think the most important thing for Rodney, is he has a lot of experience in the media, which is going to be important. I think very important here in the in the coming days, weeks, whatever that ends up being. He's got a lot of experience with media, and that, I think that's going to benefit him and Texas. Yeah. All right. I uh, want to move forward from basketball quickly. Uh, you mentioned there was a basketball recruit on campus. There was a football recruit on campus, uh, Ryan Sanborn, the punter uh, from uh, uh, Stanford grad transfer. Uh, he put his name in the portal. He was in. Uh, he, he came in on a Friday night uh, just uh, hours after Isaac Pearson, who is expected to be the punter next year, or at least looked like he would be from the roster standpoint, put his name in the portal. Uh, so Texas clearly going after Ryan Sanborn. We do not know and have not heard from him, which is not as yet since his official visit, which is not uncommon for portal recruiting and uh, and such. Uh, but we we do understand that Texas wants him, uh, is hoping to, to uh, get him and uh, go in that direction at punter uh, this year. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, he's a uh he he is a talented punter. Uh he's got four years of experience. Um, I, I think that would be a really quality get. I mean, and I know when everybody, Bobby, what we talk about all the time is getting starters out of the portal. Well, a starting punter is a big deal out of the portal. So this is a recruitment then if he's their top target, they need to they need to win and it makes some sense for them to win this one. Um, obviously you talk about guys on campus at Texas, the biggest news in recruiting is who was on other campuses committed to Texas this weekend. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. U of H, yeah. uh, the university of Houston making a little uh, headway. Uh, and y'all mentioned it in, uh, yesterday afternoon news broke on inside Texas, Ryan Niblett, the wide receivers from Aldi Nike on campus at Texas or on campus at Houston. He's committed to Texas. Samaj Burrell, the linebacker out of North Crowley on his, on an official visit to U of H. Uh, he's committed to Texas. And then Dylan Spencer, the defensive lineman out of C.E. King uh, and Houston, on his official on an official visit to uh, Houston as well. The difference in those three, though, Jerry, is that Burrell had told the Texas coaches he was going, well, whereas I don't know that Niblett or Spencer No, had. they is did that, not. That's the difference? They did not. They did not. Neither one of them. And the crazy thing is Texas receivers coach Brennan Merriman was by Eisenhower earlier in the week. Texas D-line coach Bo Davis was by C.E. King earlier in the week, which they all are right now leading up to signing day, which is, what, nine days, ten days away right now? Um, so that's the that's the big part of, piece of this is when the prospect doesn't communicate beforehand that he's taking the official visit, that immediately raises the red flags if you're the Texas staff. Um, if you hear about it on the Internet that, uh, you know, one of your – two of your four-star guys are making official visits somewhere – um, obviously that raises the red flag. What I can tell you, I spoke to somebody very close to the Niblet, uh, Ryan Niblet, uh, Aldine Eisenhower receiver, his recruitment this morning. And I'll just give it verbatim. The source said a flip is in play. It's real. Uh, Niblet is not a solid commitment. This was not just a visit to go watch a basketball game. It's not what this is. This is a real recruiting uh, scenario that could play out in the way of Houston or the way of Texas, in his estimation, the next 24, 48 hours are going to hold the key. Steve Sarkeesian and Brennan Marion are scheduled to be in home with Niblett and his mom Wednesday. If that happens, he believes the visit this weekend to Austin will happen, which all many of the, the Texas commitments are supposed to be in Austin Saturday for a big visit weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about some of the official visitors that aren't committed. But then many of the commitments, Cedric Baxter, Peyton Kirkland, we believe Arch Manning may end up being there. I mean, not we're not reporting it, but we, it, we it's possible. A lot of the commitments are going to be in town. Um, Texas is trying to get Anthony Hill in town. So it's a big visit weekend. So the key with Niblet is, does it get to the point where Sarkeesian and Marion make the in-home Wednesday? Or does he flip before that? So if yeah. Houston's going to win this recruitment, they almost have to flip him before Wednesday night, in my estimation. Well, what about Dylan Spencer, the defensive lineman? Talk about a little bit of him because he is, he was thought to be looking elsewhere a little bit earlier in the cycle, uh, but then uh, re re uh, committed to Texas. But this is another foray with another team. Uh, what's what's going on there, and what is Texas's take on Spencer, uh, the big defensive lineman out of CE King? 
yeah, that, that one will be interesting to see, um, you know, how, how hard Texas pushes there. Um, I don't think it's a lock. I mean, look, the ball's clearly in Steve Sarkeesian's court on these, on both of these situations. So if we hear he makes an in-home with uh, Ryan Niblett this week and we hear that Texas doesn't isn't all in over at C.E. King this week, we'll have our answer. Um, I don't think it's a lock that Texas gives Spencer the same treatment as Niblett, but I'm not reporting that. It needs to play out. Yeah, it it, it does. Um, Burrell is a little bit different, though, right? Samaje Burrell, we talked about him actually telling Texas ahead of time that he was going, and he, he just wanted to go there uh, for a, a visit, to, to take an official visit uh, to another school at this point. Uh, you agree, or you think that's uh, – in line with your thinking on Samaje? I, I think um, I, I think it's always – yeah, the, the, he was communicated beforehand, right? I mean, he had talked about going to Utah on an official visit. He may have even gone to Utah on an official visit during the season. But he's he's mentioned that. Bob, remember on when we had him on this show, and he mentioned he wanted to take a couple of official visits. He's always said that. He's always maintained that, right? So um, – that the I'm sorry we're all getting texts coming in while we're doing, while we're on there. So if I lose my train of thought a little bit, it's a crazy morning for sure. Um, but Burrell is different in that Texas staff has known that he might want to take a couple of official visits. He's said it the whole way through. Um, so I, I think the thing with that is he had talked about going to Baylor, but then Baylor had the defensive coordinator change, and he told me that I'm not going to make the visit to Baylor anymore. So U of H had been trying really, they've been through North Crowley multiple times. They're trying to, they were trying to get Camorian and Pimpton on campus. Uh, so, and Pimpton was at LSU this weekend. So that, that's what, this is one that doesn't really worry me if, if I'm Texas or if I'm a, somebody covering Texas for the Texas fans out there, I'm not worried about Burrell. He's scheduled to be in this weekend. If he doesn't, then things change obviously, but right now he's scheduled to be in this weekend. Um, if you're joining us just now, uh, Jerry and I have talked a little bit already about uh, Chris Beard, Texas head basketball coach, arrested uh, this morning uh, on a domestic violence charge. We do not know uh, who he was violent against, uh, whether it was a we just don't know anything about it at this point in time. Just getting in the uh, official reports from uh, Travis County uh, Sheriff's Office, as well as uh, getting a comment from the University of Texas. Uh, that uh, uh, Chris Beard, uh, they are monitoring, they are aware of it. The situation is developing and they will act appropriately. Jerry Hamilton reporting that uh, uh, Rodney Terry is expected to be named uh, interim head coach for the Longhorns as of right now. Uh, obviously, uh, Beard uh, unlikely uh, to be the coach at, at this point, uh, not necessarily going forward because we're not reporting that. We don't know the severity of these uh, allegations of what exactly the allegations even are at this time. Beyond that, we're going to have to wait for the police report uh, that will be filed. Then you'll have a better understanding, everyone will, of exactly what's going on and what uh, Chris Beard is accused of at this point in time. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have to go from that. Um, uh, Jerry, I, I want to uh, go keep talking. I don't want to talk too much about more about Chris Beard because I think we've done that. I I did want to reintroduce it since a lot of people just joined us this morning um, uh, on this. We, we went up from like 100 viewers to 400 plus in, you know, 10 minutes. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more uh, about uh, some stuff as it relates to uh, recruiting. Anthony Hill, uh, you said it, that Inside Texas reporting his uh, commitment date now is going to be what day is that going to be? Yeah, he, he had when he decommitted from AM, he had told Hayes Fawcett of on three that he was going to announce on signing day. Um, nobody else had really come out and said that because you know there were some times where the Hill, I think the Hill family said a decision could come at any time. Justin Wells reported on Inside Texas this morning that it will be December 21st, uh, which makes sense. Um, that he'll have a ceremony at uh, Ryan High School. Um, and look, this is. The one thing the day Anthony Hill decommitted from AM, which that timing of that caught everybody off guard, AM, Texas, anybody. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Um, the person that said this, that Anthony was always going to stay in state, I made a call to. He said, nothing's changed. He's all, he's, this kid's going to stay close to him, which that means this decision is likely coming right back down to A&M in Texas. And we talked about this a little bit last week. In our years in the business, Bobby, not many times does a kid decommit from a school and end up back at that same school. I mean, you could probably count on two hands how many times that's happened with a top prospect in 15, 20 years. It just doesn't happen very often. Now in the NIL day and age, are things different? Well, possibly, but it, Texas has had a – they've had confidence in Anthony Hill recruitment since the decommitment, since the – unofficial visit uh, November 12th. And I think Texas has remained confident in this recruitment. And look, if it comes down to A&M in Texas again, and it is in-state schools close to home, then, you know, just uh, years in this business, the, the guys, the fans that have followed this for many years know Texas is in a good position. Yeah. Um, you know, Jerry, I, I, I was uh, neglectful a little bit. I only mentioned uh, the, the punter, the, the grad transfer portal guy that was in, I neglected to mention the, the the high school player that was in right. Justin Benton, the defensive lineman uh, out of Georgia, uh, came in. Uh, Bo Davis has been recruiting him. Was initially committed to West Virginia. Uh, also is looking now at. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to end up at West Virginia. Also now looking at Arkansas. What have you heard about Justin Benton, the defensive lineman out of uh, the Atlanta suburb? Yeah, I, I went into this visit weekend with Justin Benton, thinking that if Texas, if Sarkeesian makes a strong push. There's a high probability Justin Benton ends up at Texas. What we do not know is if Sarkeesian's making that strong push yet. Um, Benton had a great visit over the weekend. That was expected. You know, he's actually a friend of Malik Muhammad from their time at IMG together. I mentioned that on our uh, live stream, I think, believe Friday that was. Um, but, yeah, he's a he's a friend of Malik Muhammad. Uh, this, this is a recruitment that, you know, Texas offered late, but so did everybody else that kind of Arkansas that came into the picture – um, North Carolina, I, I believe, was trying to come into the picture late but didn't get in in time. Uh, but Bo Davis has done a good job building a relationship. And Tashar Choice, obviously the area recruiter in Atlanta. I'm sure we'll talk about Tyler Scott here in a few minutes as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Justin Benton, this, whole, this one comes down to how hard does Texas push. Um, and if they push for him, I think they're going to win it. The, the interesting thing with Arkansas is Barry Odom left. The D coordinator at Arkansas is now the head coach at UNLV. So Benton's recruitment's really kind of been turned upside down um, because what I was hearing going into the official visits to Arkansas and then Texas was that he would end up at Arkansas or Texas. Well, now, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, the Arkansas with, with the Barry Odom leaving, see how much that affects things. How hard does Steve Sarkeesian push at Texas? Um, that could change things. So Justin Benton remains a West Virginia commitment. That is a soft commitment in our business. Got it. All right. Um, you mentioned Tyler Scott, uh, the uh, defensive back, another Atlanta area guy that uh, Tashard Choice has been recruiting. Uh, tell us a little bit about Tyler. Tyler's one of the uh, top senior risers in the country, 6'2 corner, physical kid. Some kids, some schools like him at corner, some safety. The ones that are matter the most in recruiting like him at corner. That's Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, uh, Texas, USC. He made an official visit to USC over the weekend. He will be at Texas this weekend. Michigan tried to make a run, but um, we had been reporting he was going to Texas the whole way. Um, Tashar Choice has done a good job in this recruitment. Terry Joseph is now very much involved in this recruitment. They had an in-home visit with Scott last week or a week ago today or a week ago Sunday, maybe it was. Um, we have not heard what day Steve Sarkeesian's going to make the in-home with Tyler Scott, but it should be this week. Uh, before his official visit this weekend. And the one thing when you talk to people at On3 that cover schools in the Southeast region, they've always heard that Tyler Scott would end up staying in the SEC. Well, that gives Texas a chance in this against Tennessee, Alabama, and Auburn. Now Auburn's new staff is that Texas is moving into the SEC. And I'm sure we'll talk about the, the report on that later. But that's the real reason Texas has a fight more than a puncher's chance in this one. There's some growing quiet confidence on the Texas side. I'm not there yet. We'll see how this weekend goes. I mean, Alabama, Tennessee, he has a family member that plays at Tennessee. Um, he was at Tennessee for the big win over Alabama. Tennessee and Auburn have been on him a long time or longer than other people. He made the official visit to Alabama for the Iron Bowl. I mean, obviously Nick Saban's tough on the close. Uh, but Texas does have a puncher's chance. 
Got it. Well, what's interesting here, um, what's interesting here is just, you know, they're finding these guys late uh, in the state of Georgia. Tashard Choice uh, already has Cedric Baxter and uh, uh, Trey Wisner uh, in the, in the, the, uh, uh, as well as I guess he was recruiting Peyton Kirkland. Yeah, he was, he, were, he was recruiting Kirkland way back at yep. Georgia Tech. So Tashard Choice is, and that's something for Texas fans to follow, Atlanta area. Orlando area down the southwest Florida is where Tashar Choice is recruited and has a lot of relationships. And so he has built-in relationship with the high school staffs, the recruiting coordinators, and, and, and a lot of these kids from his time at Georgia Tech, especially in this 23 class and yeah. 24 class. It's going to be interesting to see where that goes. All right, uh, you mentioned something, and, and I, it, I we need to bring it up. It's like I woke up this morning and a flurry of news coming our way. You're <laughs> talking about I'm getting text messages on Chris Beard and the the move to the SEC, et cetera. Uh, earlier today, Matt, our producer, will you please put up the tweet uh, that Britt McMurphy uh, uh, posted uh, this morning? And I'll read it verbatim for those that are listening on the podcast. Uh, from Brett McMurphy of Action Network HQ, there's growing sentiment, quotes, quotes and gro- growing sentiment, and, quote, momentum for OU in Texas to leave the Big 12 early and join the SEC in 2024. Sources told Action Network there still remain obstacles for it to occur, but, quote, the climate is right and decision could be reached by next month, sources said. Um, This falls in line with our reporting at Inside Texas. We've been saying 2024 uh, would would be the looks. We also uh, thought that one of the things that had to happen first, and this is according to our sources, the Big 12 had to announce its TV deal and show that it wouldn't be, and not that it wouldn't be a negative or a, uh, uh, it wouldn't be a strain on the Big 12, their new big, their new TV deal, thus allowing Texas and Oklahoma easier negotiating or negotiation uh, positioning uh, as it relates to going elsewhere early. So in other words, Brett Yormark of the Big 12 needed to have that in his back pocket before he could let OU and Texas go. Uh, Otherwise, it might be a financial burden on the rest of the Big 12 that they're unwilling uh, to take. So this falls in line uh, with uh, what we were thinking. We did not have a timeline, however, that Brett McMurphy is talking about with him saying it could be reached within the next month. We thought it was possible. We thought that they could be going to arbitration uh, or mediation at any point in time. Uh, But we'll have to be, uh, if... uh, We'll have to be uh, and see what's going on uh, from there. But it's something that we will definitely be follow, following uh, as it looks, you know, as we go this week uh, with uh, not only the Chris Beard news, but now uh, the Big 12 uh, SEC move as well. Two big things. Uh, Jerry, something that we haven't mentioned much um, in here is the move to the SEC in 2024, that helps recruiting, right? In your opinion, especially for this next class, we've been pointing to that for a while, but uh, the next class, not 2023, but the 2024 class, that means they're playing in the SEC full-time, right? No question. I think it's huge in recruiting. Um, And look, you already saw the impacts of it with Cedric Baxter's of the world, Peyton Kirkland's of the world, Arch Manning's of the world. Arch Manning's family has never played outside the SEC. And you just throw that out there and start with that, right? Um, so you're already seeing the impacts of it. And for people that, you know, are on this live stream, on Inside Texas, whatever, don't believe it's real. 80% of the kids I talk to, and look, I am in the Southeast region, obviously, in, in Texas and deal with a lot of those kids. Uh, they talk about um, – they talk about the SEC wanting to play in the SEC. And it, and it makes total sense if you think about it from a kid's perspective. I've always said the age of influence is like 10 to 12 years old. Well, you think about when any of these kids are 10 to 12 years old. They've watched the SEC dominate college football, the awards, the NFL draft. Their parents have watched the SEC dominate college football. Yes, some people would say, well, it's been Nick Saban. Yeah, maybe, but LSU wins it is one not national title. Auburn has won and played a national title and another national title since 2010. I mean, Georgia is about to win their second in a row unless they get upset. Uh, Clemson, which is kind of an SEC program in reality, 
is the only one that's really been able to upset that SEC apple cart. Ohio State did one time. So these kids grow up, and that's what they know. That's what they see. They see the SEC winning national championships, dominating the playoff, dominating the awards, dominating the NFL draft. So, And the parents see it too. For those that think it's not real, it's absolutely real. And the earlier Texas can announce that they're moving to the SEC, the better it is for Steve Sarkeesian and staff and recruiting. And that's just not high school recruiting. That's portal recruiting too. Because those guys that are coming and jumping into the portal that you may want grew up the same way these kids I'm talking about did. They grew up thinking, seeing the SEC dominate college football. And so it matters a lot. And the quicker it's announced, the better for future recruiting. Got it. Um, thought, thoughts uh, now – Texas, uh, obviously, uh, the Chris Beard thing uh, hanging over this chat right now, to be honest with you. Uh, news coming in. Uh, there's nothing that we can report beyond what Texas has said at this point, and that's that they are monitoring the situation and are aware of it and will act accordingly at the appropriate time. Uh, Chris Beard uh, arrested uh, on, uh, Sunday, or on Monday morning uh, for a domestic disturbance or violence at his home. Uh, in Terrytown over in the west side of Austin. Um, hey, uh, you know, Jerry, uh, we talk about this. I went, I was in Austin over the weekend, went to the basketball game at noon. It was a great atmosphere at the, the uh, uh, Moody Center. What a terrific venue. Then I went over to the volleyball match at five o'clock, uh, the Elite Eight versus, uh, um, uh, oh, goodness, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, that was a good match as well. A lot of fun. I uh, got to see Logan Eggleston, who I think will go down as one of the best female athletes in the University of Texas. Now, you saw her in high school, too, right, Bobby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, down the road, against, right? She played against my daughter. Um, <laughs> and it, my daughter wasn't in this at the same age bracket, uh, but my daughter played on, at the same club team. And literally, my daughter got moved up to, to the top court one time in a practice. And my daughter literally played middle blocker. And one time she got a finger, like a pinky, on one of Logan Eggleston's uh, 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 kill shots. And my daughter, literally an hour and a half later, was still beaming that she had touched, literally touched one of Logan Eggleston's kills. That's how revered she was, uh, not only on the high school level, but now I think she's going to be the two-time National Volleyball Player of the Year uh, as and well. Bobby, and, and they are going to – and they uh, hold on a second, Jerry. They yeah. are going to Omaha – uh, on Thursday, they play the University of San Diego in the national semifinals. I'm hopeful to talk to Andrea, uh, Andrea Elliott, Jarrett Elliott's co uh, wife, excuse me, um, on Wednesday of this week uh, to preview that matchup for those people that are interested in volleyball. She's also going to talk about the, uh, the University of Texas is now going to create women's beach volleyball. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a new sport that they're rolling out, and she's part of that. And then she also wants to talk about the Texas One Fund, uh, which is the NIL arm that uh, she's working with to promote not only uh, not only the male sports, but also the female sports and their NIL as well. Uh, what were you going to say, Jerry? Yeah, um, I was going to say two things. One, it, it's I went to a Texas volleyball game earlier this year. I believe they played West Virginia. Uh, for those that haven't been, it's un, I, I find it unbelievable. I mean, the athleticism. Uh, how hard they actually hit the ball. Um, the toughness in that sport, I think, is so underrated. Uh, but it, it's a great in-person uh, watching sport, in my opinion. Um, two, Texas is the heavy favorite. Let's be real. Stanford getting upset. Maybe some people wouldn't call it upset by number two seed San Diego. Pittsburgh winning at Wisconsin, which nobody had done this year, the defending national champs. Pittsburgh's very good, by the way. I was in there in the Final Four last year. Um, and then Louisville versus Pitt, Texas versus San Diego. Um, so Texas is the heavy favorite to win the national championship. Does that mean they're going to win it? No, but they are the favorite. I think uh, I actually watched the Pittsburgh Wisconsin match. I don't, Bobby, I'm sure you've watched the Wisconsin volleyball, but they're packed 16,500 people into that arena for college volleyball. It is the craziest thing you've seen on a volleyball court. Um, so Pitt has a lot of gumption, they have a lot inside them. They won there. They knocked out the defending national champs. That lost all year. But my question on Logan Eggleston, I wanted, I wanted you to put it in perspective for people. There's not an NFL draft. There's not an NBA draft. But you and I both saw Vince Young in high school, and we saw Adrian Peterson in high school. Isn't she kind of that 
level for you in volleyball, seeing it coming out of high school? I'll, I'll say this way. I mean, I don't think people can understand this. So my daughter's team played her in the uh, state championship. Uh, uh, Logan's final year was actually her junior year. She skipped her senior year of high school to go to Texas. In her in the uh, the uh, final match uh, in, in the state championship, uh, they had gone to a fifth set. Uh, my daughter's team was the underdog by clear. I don't know that uh, Logan's team had lost a match that year, um, but they went to a fifth set. They were blocking. My daughter's team was blocking Logan with three blockers everywhere. I mean, and it came to the fifth set and they literally set Logan every single opportunity they had. They beat uh, uh, my daughter's team 15 to one in the final set. She ended the state championship match with 44 kills. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big one, uh, but. Uh, that's, not, 300, not, that's 300. That's 300 I'm not a volleyball savant. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'd ever even heard. That's like scoring 75 points in basketball, right? right. I mean, you, just, you, don't, right. you don't hear that um, uh, much. Um, I do not have uh, Matt Hutchison, uh, our, our, uh, I would like our, our uh, producer, Chris Matt. Put, Chris Beard put out a statement. Is that what yeah, you're talking Chris, about? Yeah, can you, Chris, can you work on – all right, thanks, Matt. Uh, he's on it. He's going to get that one. Uh, another one is Caden Prather. I think his name's Caden Prather. The wide receiver at West Virginia has gone in the portal. Uh, that is big news because he is a guy that I think Texas would be very interested in, uh, if not one of not one of the best receivers Texas faced this year. Uh, certainly a really, really strong player. Uh, and somebody that would be an immediate asset uh, at Texas or elsewhere. Um, let's see what uh, what we have here from uh, uh, Tony Plateski, I think, or Plahetsky, uh, about what Chris Beard's lawyer uh, is saying at this point. And I'll read it as it's going up here uh, for purple people. Prominent Austin attorney Perry Minton, representing Beard, says Coach Beard is 100% innocent of these charges. He should have never been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It is truly inconceivable. All right. Coach Beard is 100%. Again, let me reread that. Coach Beard is 100% innocent of these charges. He should have never been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It is truly inconceivable. It's interesting. Um, so a year ago, a year or so ago, the statutes changed on uh, felonies on domestic violence. Uh, and one of those things was they are pushing people to uh, it is a difficult uh, situation uh, when a, you are called to a domestic violence uh, call at a home for a policeman. I mean, who do you believe? I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I feel like uh, this is going to be one of those situations we're going to have to wait, wait and see exactly um, what's going on and whatnot. But uh, kind of a, a crazy uh, thing right now uh, for uh, Texas to be dealing with. It's interesting. That's a pretty uh, blatant statement, though, if that makes sense or a very obvious statement. Jerry, you agree with that? I mean, that's just a that's just a 100 percent denial. I mean, use yeah. the term 100 percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I can take from that. A 100% denial. Um, and again, I'm not going to guess, uh, talk about things I shouldn't talk about. Um, we're not going to do that here, but that is a hundred percent denial. And, uh, let's see where things go from there. Yeah. I, I think that's all we can do. Uh, that all we can do. We still believe, uh, Rodney Terry, uh, will be named interim, uh, coach for the time being, uh, Terry, an assistant at Texas associate head coach, uh, Jerry has discussed him earlier. He was the head coach at Fresno State and UTEP. He left UTEP as head coach uh, to uh, go to uh, Texas. Um, let me ask you this one, Jerry, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Deion Sanders here. Gunnar Helm is the only Texas uh, guy on the roster from Colorado as a scholarship athlete. Uh, any any thought of him going to CU with all the hype? I don't I don't see that at all. I think he's made a lot of friends in Austin, uh, and uh, I wouldn't expect him to be. Uh, in the the uh, portal, although I'm sure Tim Brewster, the former Texas Longhorns tight ends coach, uh, who is now working with uh, Dion in uh, 
Boulder would probably try to try to put something together. I just don't think that's going to happen. It's my understanding that uh, Helm was one of the guys that really helped recruit not only uh, Arch Manning, but also Will Randall uh, to uh, Austin as well. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, that's not one that's come across my plate at all. Um, and honestly, I mean, I, nothing against Gunnar Helm. He's a, he's a quality player. And Dion's really shooting for the stars right now. Yeah, uh, this is a good comment. I do think this is a, a good comment that's worth the wording of the statement is stronger than it usually should be. In my mind, the chance of Beard being innocent went up slightly. Again, that's conjecture, but I think it's it, it is how I took it um, initially. I was like, "Wow, that's a little that's a little hard." Uh, but let's see how it goes. Uh, I, I think that uh, even this is is where I don't want this to go. His wife probably got scared and already felt guilty. That's entirely possible. But if it was the boyfriend that somebody else said it was, you know, this is why we don't speculate, right? This is why where we uh, go with this is important and to, to stay close to the to the uh, uh, close to the truth as possible. All we know is that he was arrested this morning, uh, booked in Travis County Jail around 4:18. Uh, a call, an urgent call, went out uh, at 2:07 this morning, according to Austin police records. There has not, as of this point, um, no, uh, as of this point, we do not know uh, exactly what has happened uh, as it relates to uh, uh, the police report. Uh, and we are waiting on that to get a better uh, situation. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, we do need to, this is a good one. Somebody's asking about Mike Leach. Jerry, uh, you know, you and I read something yesterday from a, a guy that we know that is covers Mississippi state. Yeah. We've known forever. Uh, uh, he uh, is in critical condition after being taken uh, life flighted essentially via helicopter from his home uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, the guy that you and I know that covers Mississippi state has written on a private message board uh, that this is a very, very serious situation. Yeah. Um, and he said he needed a miracle. Yeah. And so what does that mean? I mean, what's a miracle? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to call Steve and ask him, uh, right. you know, because you and I, that, that would be, uh, it's easy. he's dealing with a lot of stuff right now. Uh, but clearly um, that is a, a touch and go uh, development uh, and something that we're also, uh, you know, I, I think that Mike Leach is good for college football. I do too. And uh, uh you know, you don't want to see something like that happen to anyone, period. Uh, and uh, I can only uh, think that uh, you have uh, not only Mike Leach, but you have guys like Lane Kiffin expressing uh, support. And he's their in-state rival. It almost feels I, – I don't want to draw this comparison, but whenever you see these guys uh, or someone fall on a difficult situation like uh, Mike Leach – or, you know, and you see a rival like Lane Kiffin step up and say something, it's a positive. I mean, this is what you got to rally together, right, um, in times of, like this. And so uh, I, I feel like uh, that's a, a big deal. Uh, it could be something very, very serious that's life-threatening and uh, perhaps more. Uh, so uh, it, anyways, uh, difficult time for Mike Leach. We don't – we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, although I still think that 2008 game in Lubbock is, you know, it's one of those that I think no no Texas fan uh, will ever uh, forget. Uh, Jerry, you have anything else you want to talk about today? We, we covered recruiting. Uh, what about the I, I, we did forget to talk about uh, DeAndre Moore and Jacoby Lane uh, the, in the scoop this morning. Inside Texas, by the way, four months for one dollar right now at Inside Texas. Uh, we're covering uh, anything and everything right now on the site. Uh, you mentioned in the scoop today, you and I think it was either you and Eric or you and Justin talked about DeAndre Moore, even though he's committed to, to Louisville. You, you you guys actually think it's down to Texas and Georgia at this point. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been that headed that way for a while. I, I, I literally haven't talked to anybody in the last two months before the coaching change. that thought Moore was going to end up at Louisville. Um, so it looks like it's Texas, Georgia. There was a lot of people thinking Georgia wouldn't keep pushing for more after Anthony Evans flip. Well, Georgia still made an in-home with more late last week. Steve Sarkeesian made his in-home, I believe it was Tuesday. The days are running together. We reported that. We broke that news at Inside Texas. But um, 
him and uh, Marion made an in-home visit last week. I believe it was Tuesday. Um, I talked to somebody close to that recruitment. They thought there was a chance that DeAndre could make a final decision late this week. Uh, Texas wide receivers coach Brennan Marion was is back out in Southern California. It was last night or is today before he then goes back to the Phoenix area to see Jacoby Lane, which Sarkeesian and Marion were there last week too. So DeAndre Moore continues to be a, a pretty high level of confidence on the Texas side on this one. Um, anytime you're battling Georgia, though, if Georgia makes that strong push, look, I mean, that's the one program in recruiting right now. It's pretty much not even really Nick Saban right now. Georgia's the one program you don't want to be going up against right now. Right. So if Georgia makes the strong, we want you, we got to have you push, then we'll see what happens. But Texas has some confidence. Jacoby Lane is different because he's committed to USC. Kenny Dillingham being uh, hired at Arizona State's kind of helping Texas muddy those waters. They're giving it a the best shot they can in a short amount of time. But there's even been some quiet confidence on the Texas side with Jacoby Lane, the 6'5", 50-50 ball winner that hasn't even scratched the surface physically. He's got a lot of upside. Um, that's a recruitment that look, Texas offered late, but then when he, when he came for that official visit for the TCU game and wanted to keep the official visit quiet from the public, that's the, that's the the that was my trigger for me with this recruitment was – Maybe Texas has a better shot than people will give them credit for. If he had just announced, hey, I'm committed to USC, I'm going on an official visit to Texas, but he didn't want that known. So he wouldn't really confirm that. That was a tough one to confirm. So you knew Texas was making some headway. Can they flip him from USC? We'll see. That's a big finish line to get across, right? Um, but Texas has had some quiet confidence there. We'll see what happens. Got it. Um, look, I mean, I, I think that, you know, Texas is going to try to finish off with a big recruiting weekend this weekend uh, and see which guys fall their way. Uh, should have a uh, a bang up uh, weekend overall. Hey, Jerry, I need you to do something. Yep. Yeah, I need you to do something. I need you to take a topic and talk for folks. I've got to make a phone call right now uh, because I think I have some news for folks. So I'm going to remove myself uh, out of this or Matt, if you as our producer, could you remove yourself out of this? I need a I need to also. Uh, mute my microphone while I take a phone call real quick. And, I, and I'll go through the visit weekend. Yeah. Okay. Th- All right. So December 17th visit weekend um, coming up. Tyler Scott official visit. Jelani McDonald scheduled to make an official visit to Texas this weekend. That's the linebacker athlete out of Waco Connolly, son of LaMarcus McDonald, uh, TCU great linebacker uh, who played for Gary Patterson, was recruited by Gary Patterson. McDonald was a high school teammate of Derek Johnson at Waco High. Texas hadn't had as much confidence on that one of late. Uh, McDonald was at TCU for an official this weekend, still scheduled to be at Texas this weekend as of late last night. We'll see what happens this week. Um, that's a second official visitor. Then there's Camorian Pimpton, the tight end from uh, North Crowley High in the Fort Worth, south of Fort Worth. Texas offered last week. Sarkeesian and Banks offered last week, then came in Thursday and made an in-home visit with Pimpton and his family the day before he went to official visit the LSU over the weekend. Pimpton, 6'6", 220, otherworldly catch radius, great senior year, one of the most improved players in the country. He's a Vanderbilt commitment. Will he stick with Vanderbilt? A lot of people don't think he will around the North Crowley program. We shall see. The big news now that Texas fans are waiting on is will he make an official visit to Texas this weekend? Ohio State was also there, was also in North Crowley area, made an in-home visit last week. They're pushing. Uh, There's been some other schools pushing, but it looks like LSU, Texas have the best chances to flip him from Vanderbilt. Of course, on the Texas side, he made an unofficial visit. I believe it was the uh, Iowa State game in mid-October with his father. If he doesn't make the official visit this weekend, he's not going to Texas. Let's be real. So we're waiting to see the news of where Pimpton decides to visit this weekend and if he's going to make an official visit this weekend. Uh, we believe Texas has some confidence. They'll get an official visit, but word has not come down that of the official's been scheduled uh, by Pimpton at, in Texas. So there's a number of official visitors. Peyton Kirkland, this is his official visit weekend. Obviously, offensive lineman from Dr. Phillips committed to Texas. Number of Texas commitments are have, have confirmed inside Texas. They'll be on hand this weekend. One of those, Cedric Baxter. Um, obviously, him, uh, Peyton Kirkland coming from the Orlando area. Uh, we believe there's a chance Arch Manning comes in. We're not reporting he is yet, but we believe there's a chance. Uh, Andre Kojo will not be. He's playing in an all-star game this weekend. So if, 
if people are wondering why he's we haven't confirmed he's coming in this weekend, he's playing in an all-star game this weekend. And so that doesn't mean a flip is imminent or anything crazy like that. TCU made a run uh, at Kojo earlier in the season. That seems to have cooled a little bit. Connor Stroh, Jaden Chapman, you go down the list, Samaje Burrell, Ryan Niblett, um, all those, Sadir Mitchell, they're all scheduled to be in Austin this weekend for Texas Big Visit Weekend. And obviously, people wonder, well, these guys are committed. Why do you want them on campus? Because you want them on command campus until the dead period begins. That's the way recruiting goes. So, yes, you have some key targets coming in this weekend as well, but you have to keep your guys in the fold. And you see what happened with Ryan Niblett last weekend. I mean, you see Samaje Burrell, even though we believe he's solid, he still made the official visit to Houston. Dylan Spencer to Houston. We'll see what happens with that one. But those guys, Texas has been battling Georgia for Sadir Mitchell. Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, they made it in-home. They're, they're recruiting Sadir like he's a five-star prospect, as is Texas. So you need to get those kids back on campus, especially that last weekend before that dead period begins, and that's what Texas is doing. So a majority of those commitments will be in town. The guys that won't be, John Tay Cook, uh, and Trey Wisner will be playing a state championship game. We have not heard yet if Malik Muhammad and Billy Walton, their their state championship game is Friday night, so they could conceivably come down Saturday or maybe even Sunday morning. So we'll see if those guys make it in town. They're playing for uh, on the 16th. So there's still some guys that are playing in state championships, but the majority of guys are not. Uh, so Texas has that big visit weekend coming in. Now, Steve Sarkeesian staff, they'll be on the road. We mentioned earlier in this uh, in the live stream that Brennan Marion was out seeing DeAndre Moore, so expected to see Jacoby Lane and make his way back to Houston. Sarkeesian uh, and Marion have an in-home scheduled with Ryan Niblett Wednesday. The next 24, 48 hours will be key there. If Houston can't get him flipped before that in-home, the source we talked to this morning thinks Texas has a pretty good shot to keep him in the, in the fold, assuming Niblett shows up in Austin this weekend. So that'll be big. But the Texas staff will be out and about on the road. Uh, they'll be seeing get their commitments one last time before the weekend. They'll make, they'll be making uh, some in-homes to a few targets here. Uh, we expect Sarkeesian to have an in-home visit with Tyler Scott if he hasn't already, but we don't believe he has. We, we expect that to be this week as well. Um, you note that Tashar Choice will spend time in Orlando this week seeing Peyton Kirkland, but really seeing Cedric Baxter one last time. Uh, before he makes it in this weekend, because Florida and Florida State are not giving up on Cedric Baxter. They're they're still going to the school. They're still trying to get in home. Uh, Florida Florida State should not give up. They should keep recruiting Cedric Baxter until he signs his letter of intent. So that's really what's going on here leading into the big weekend. Uh, obviously, there's still portal news. Um, but I think the next – Bobby and I probably didn't mention this for a couple of minutes before we get out of here, but I think the next run in the portal is going to be after bowl games. There's a 45-day window for those that don't know the portal. So it began December 5th, so go 45 days from there. After the bowl games, I think there's going to be another round of kids jump into the portal, and I think that's where the portal gets really interesting. Yeah, they've got 45 days, right? Yeah. Um, look, uh, I did take that phone call. Uh, just, uh, I would say this. Uh, it is a developing situation. I don't have any new news, uh, but I would urge caution on anything and everything until uh, whatever comes out, comes out. Uh, whether that's bad news for Chris Beard or good news for Chris Beard, I don't know. Uh, it's clear that his uh, uh, attorney has taken a uh, tack where he's saying he's 100% innocent and the complainant wants the uh, charges removed. However, uh, you know, this is a domestic violence uh, uh, call. And so the, the uh, cops are, uh, uh, basically trying to figure out, uh, and they still have to file the paperwork. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not even sure that's been filed and that's why there is no police report available, uh, quite yet either. Uh, so, uh, thank y'all uh, for listening. I'm sorry. We don't have more concrete information, but we're giving it to you as we get it here on air, uh, and has gotten a, quite a bit of it, uh, so far today. Uh, Jerry, uh, Texas plays Rice tonight. What's the psyche of the team? I mean, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Those guys. I think. I think. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the sense that that team rallies around Beard as its leader, uh, yeah. right? I mean, uh, because well, while Marcus Carr and Christian Bishop and Brock Cunningham and those guys have all been there a while, you bring in guys like Serge Jabari Rice and Tyrese Hunter and uh, Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell, it's 
basketball is a little bit different in that it doesn't have a Roshan Johnson. Right. Right. That is the on-court leader that sustains you. Um, what's the psyche of the basketball team right now, in your opinion? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to spitball here, but I think tonight is the easiest game for them. Um, I, I think they'll rally tonight. I think they'll play for each other. Um, again, the facts aren't known yet. It's a, everything's speculation on what's going on with Chris Beard other than the arrest. Uh, I think tonight, look, and Rice is a good team, not a great team. Uh, I think this is a chance for these guys to show their solidarity and show their program culture tonight, and I think they do that. Um, I think after that is where it gets really interesting. I, I think this, you know, this is kind of like playing the game when you're sick. Sometimes you play really well, right? <laughs> you know, it's after that where we'll see um, how what, whatever comes out, whatever's uh, made to be known here in the next coming days. That's when this team's resolve is really going to be tested. Right now, it's just a quick reaction. They're jumping on the court. They were they prepared yesterday for Rice. Um, Rodney Terry's has head coaching experience. Um, it's it, it's going to be pretty easy for these guys to lock in today. I think after tonight is where it's really going to be tested, depending on what happens. Yeah, uh, you know it'll be interesting. Uh, Longhorns have a, a very difficult situation uh, confronting them. That is, I, I think for me, it's it's the first time I've dealt with something like this on a professional level. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, how it all shakes out. I, I want to be uh, cognizant of uh, all aspects and all sides uh, to the story because I think that it's important for everybody to keep an open mind and not rush to judgment in any way, shape, uh, or fashion. Um, Jerry, uh, last thing, I guess, for you and I uh, to discuss today, uh, really before we get going here, is you know Texas in recruiting the 21st, is the signing day for the initial signing day. That's number one. I'm going to ask you about that. And the second piece is portal transfer portal. Texas is still not offered more than, I guess now two, two players scholarships, the punter and Gavin Holmes, the corner, uh, the punter from Stanford, Gavin Holmes, the corner from Wake Forest. Um, you, do you like their uh, judicious approach? Are you concerned about it? Or do you think they're waiting for maybe bigger names to hit later like you're talking about. I think that's exactly what it is. I think the initial wave of the portal, some talented players for sure. But I think if there's one thing we've learned from Steve Sarkeesian's recruiting philosophy at Texas, they're recruiting late through the whistle. Well, this is the early, this is the first two quarters of the portal. Numbers wise, it's the first three quarters. But after the bowl games, it's the fourth quarter of the portal. That's when more guys are going to jump in. And that's probably when more of the most talented guys are going to jump in, if they're going to jump in. So I think what we know from Steve Sarkeesian's recruiting is playing out like it did in the 2022 class, like it is in the 2023 class, and it's going to in the portal. They're not going to be in a rush to fill spots. That's not this. That's not what this is about, Bobby. You say it all the time, getting guys who are starter-level players. Well, you don't take players now if there's a chance – better players are going to come in after January 1st. And that's just the reality. Yeah, you don't want to waste your bullets, right? That's right. Um, on the uh, December 21st you can't, you signing can't, day. You can't decommit those guys, really. I mean, that's that gets that's a different bad look, right? I mean, you're, you're dealing – you're really messing with those kids' futures in a way. So you have to be judicious, and you have to really take your time in that process. Well, I have a question for you. Um, uh, on the December 21 signing day, do we expect all of the commitments or all of the players that are com currently committed to Texas, uh, except for perhaps the ones that, that visited Houston this weekend, do we expect them all to sign on December 21st? Yeah, I, I do. I expect everybody. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in Texas class that's looking to February. Derek Williams have been talked about a little bit. But, again, he's, he's scheduled to be in this weekend. If he comes in this weekend, what are the odds that he's actually going to hold off till February? I, I would think Texas chances are pretty good that they sign him um, – in, in uh, December 21st, if he comes in this weekend, as he's scheduled to be. Uh, now, that doesn't mean Texas can't have him in again unofficially before February, but I think all the guys are likely to sign, very likely to sign early. Um, I think the, the targets that they're still after, Tyler Scott's expected to sign early. Uh, DeAndre Moore is supposed to have, expect to have final decision this week. Some of those guys are early enrollees. Texas has 12 early enrollees committed right now. So those guys are two weeks away. 
a few days after Christmas from moving to Austin. Yep. All right. Jerry, thank you so much. Uh, Longhorn live stream today. Uh, Special edition kind of uh, as Chris Beard, uh, Texas basketball coach, was charged uh, earlier today uh, with a domestic disturbance at his home. Uh, And we are trying to talk about that as well as get through a lot of recruiting news. We talked also uh, about uh, the preemptory move of Texas, uh, potential preemptory move of Texas to the SEC in 2024. That report coming out by Brett McMurphy. He's saying that it could uh, line up as soon as within a month that we will hear of a 2024 uh, date for Texas and OU to the SEC. All right. For Jerry Hammond, uh, by the way, we're going to continue covering this on InsideTexas.com. Forgot to mention that. Please check back multiple times a day. Uh, Joe Cook, the beat reporter, already on this today, as well as Eric Nalin, myself, uh, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, and uh, Jerry Hamilton. All right, for Jerry, I'm Bobby. That's been On Texas Football, Longhorn Livestream. Thanks for watching.